3: This is the official radio home of the Chicago Cubs. Listen to every game here on Sports Radio 670 The Score and the Odyssey app. It's got a
1: chance. Cubs win.
3: Live from the Hyundai Studios. Presented to you by your local Hyundai dealers. We are WSCR in HD Chicago. WBMX HD2 Chicago. in Odyssey Station.
2: The score! score! And now it's time for Score Overnights with
3: Mark Grody. Welcome
1: back, welcome back, welcome back. Welcome back. Right-handed batter hits out of the crouch, the 2-2. This one's hit in the air. Deep left field, going back, Yelich. He's at the track, leaps, and this one is gone. Frank Schwindel with a home run. Cubs extend the lead, 5-3 over Milwaukee here in the fifth. Here's a swing and a miss, strike three. Beautiful changeup. Fowler waves at a changeup, doesn't get it. Back-to-back strikeouts for Kyle Hendricks. Swing and a miss. What a start for Hendricks, striking out the side. Will Myers taps one slowly to third. Barehanded by Wisdom, he throws to first. He got him. Beautiful play. Wisdom barehanding that ball, made the difficult off-balance sidearm throw and fired a strike to Rizzo. Great play. And a drive in the left field and deep. This ball's got a chance. Gone. Patrick Wisdom with a two-run homer. Not really. Deep drive to left off the bat of Contreras. Get out the tape measure. Long gone. Cubs lead three to two. Wilson Contreras with a rocket to the bleachers in left his 21st of the year, and the Cubs have a 3-2 lead.
2: This is the only stadium I haven't pitched in my career, which is crazy. You know, I've missed it, I think. I think I was actually graduating from college one year, where I missed it when I was back at Duke, and then, yeah, it just when overlap, but it, that's why it's crazy that I ended up here, and the atmosphere is unmatched, I don't think. I think you can look at that. I think everybody knows that from the league. I think even if you're not a Cubs fan, I think even if you don't watch baseball, you know that the Cubs franchise You know how rowdy and how unbelievable the energy that they bring every day. So that's me as a person. So I can't wait. I'm telling you, I cannot wait to walk out on that field for my first start.
1: The 1-2 to Suzuki is ripped to deep left center. And they will turn the outfielders and watch that one go. A two-run bomb for Seiya Suzuki. Mike Stroud, I love you.
0: Welcome back and welcome in to Score Overnight on Chicago Sports Radio 670, the score. I'm Mark Grody, here with you until 5 o'clock, and then it'll be Mullion Hall from 5 a.m. to 9 a.m. Happy opening day. Cubs and Brewers today in the season opener. 120 is when Kyle Hendricks will make the first pitch right here on 670, the score against Corbin Burns, and it will be I think a this is, you know, opening day, think, weird things happen. What you think you know on opening day, you really don't know on opening day. And that's why I am predicting that Nico Horner will hit one of his three home runs on the season today. And he will hit a two-run jack. I have Wilson Contreras hitting a three-run homer as well. That's not exactly outside of the box, but the Madrigal thing is – And um, I think that, you know, I think what's going to happen is Corbin Burns is going to get hit up a little bit and then he'll be great the rest of the year and have about a 3.27 ERA with about 15 or 16 wins and be up for Cy Young again this year. Um, Kyle Hendricks, by the way, does have to have a rebound season believe it or not and Kyle Hendricks had a 477 ERA last year so and you know there is pressure on those top two guys and Kyle Hendricks and Marcus Stroman, like, they have to be good because the rest of the starting rotation right now is certainly not what you would call a playoff-ready rotation. It is, as far as Justin Steele is concerned, it is untested. Drew Smiley is a veteran, but how good is he? He's eh. So we shall see about the Cubs' starting staff and how it goes down and where things stack up this year. I think it's a pretty easy pick to have St. Louis as your division winner this year. And then Milwaukee, which just has this great starting staff in their top three with Woodruff, Burns, and Peralta, they just haven't been hitting the last couple of years. But if they were to, if they have, if Christian Yelich you know, starts to hit again like he did a few years ago, then you, you're you in business and you, you are potentially winning the division again if you are the Brewers. If Willie Adamas continues to do what he did last year, they added Andrew McCutcheon, who, by the way, I should, probably should have added him in, in hitting a home run against the Cubs because he just has been clobbering the Cubs. Since his days in Pittsburgh, it carried over to Philadelphia, and there's no reason to think that that he won't continue to stalk and beat down on the Cubs um, this year. Um, so you know, and they get some something out of Hunter Renfro and uh, Lorenzo Kane and Jace Peterson. and it's possible. It's possible, but at this point, you just cannot make a case that the Brewers are gonna hit much better than they did last year. Whereas with the Cardinals, that's a team that won 17 straight games at the end of the year and they they bring that roster back so Cubs and crew on the score today at 120 we'll talk about all the festivities leading up to the game a little bit later on when we are joined by the score program director Mitch Rosen who will tell you all about the bells and whistles what's going on today, what's going on with the broadcast, what's new this year, all that kind of stuff. So looking forward to talking to Mitchie Mitch in just a little bit. We have talked a ton this morning about the Chicago Bulls and another unsettling bad loss, albeit to a good team, a team that is 16 and 16-4 since the All-Star break. And that's the Boston Celtics, who beat the Bulls 117-94 to last night. 17 threes for Boston, 17 turnovers for the Bulls. Ten of those turnovers came in the first half. So the Bulls were fumbling left and right. And that, that's been the story. Not necessarily turnovers, but just errors, whether mental errors or physical errors. There are too many times that when you look on the court, whether it's communication issues, you know, switch defense issues, turnover issues, that's a problem. And... And Billy Donovan was, was talking and had some pretty pointed words last night and talked about, you know, needing to have elite laser focus, competing for everything. And that's not happening right now for the Bulls. But it is happening for everybody the Bulls are playing. Celtics had elite focus last night, laser focus, competing for everything. That's what Milwaukee did to the Bulls. Too. They're they're like we know what's at stake now. We know what's going down. It's time to hit it, and the Bulls have been doing nothing but fading over the last couple of months. They've not been hitting anything. Um, Lonzo Ball done for the rest of the season. Bulls one and fourteen versus the top four teams in the Eastern Conference. So it's it's going to be it's <laughs> as if it hasn't been. Unfortunately, it's going to continue to be an uphill battle once they get into the postseason. So it it a season that had so much promise for the postseason has turned into a a challenge and an arduous task. It almost like every game seems cumbersome right now for the Bulls. Like get through it, like survive. And they're not. They're just not surviving. They're not competing. And somebody needs to wake them up. Bulls are. Bulls are sleepwalking at the exact wrong time of the season. Somebody asked on the text on what time is Tiger tee off? He tees off at 10.34. That is the scheduled time for Tiger Woods, assuming that he is good to go. Oh, is that? Oh, I'm looking at East Times. So it's 9.34. Okay, 9.34. I got fooled by the old East Coast time. Damn it. Um, But so Tiger at 9.34. Good enough masters over the next four days so that's always i love having that layer like the masters or when there's a golf thing going on like in the midst of baseball and basketball and all the other sports that i prefer it's just it's a great layer like golf is the golf majors are a great little hey what's going on in the masters what's going on in the pga what's happening in the u.s open or the british the open it's like it's, it's a cool thing just to check in on i'm not like somebody who needs to sit down and watch golf but i love to hear about it and then Check the scores and follow it, and read up on the stories. And Tiger Woods makes it a whole new ball game. That's that's what he does, and he is expected to be out there golfing. All right, Sean Sears, shall we attempt to put together a Cubs lineup for today? Would you like to go through this exercise? Because I kind of, I sort of failed when I attempted to do it on the fly yesterday.
4: Yeah, I'm I'm down to I'm I'm always down to talk Cubs.
0: Okay because it's it's a little bit tricky because of a, a lot of players on this team, like you don't really know who's going to be the guys hitting in the runs, where they are with everything. So let's start with their leadoff hitter. I'm going to give you the honors sure. to start. And who do you like, Sean Sears, leading off for the Shy Cubs?
4: I'm putting Nick Madrigal there. I think a uh, guy that's uh, going to, hit one with two strikes, sees a lot of pitches, decent on base, will walk. I think that's a guy I'll put there. I feel like you can flip either him or Horner there. I feel like those are your
0: two options, really. Okay, okay. And, yeah, I was kind of going there yesterday, so I am down with that, with Madrigal. I had him near the top. I think that – so Madrigal is our second baseman leading off. I'm going to say Wilson Contreras batting second. Um, I'm going to put Wilson in that spot. Like, you want – he's got the most credible bat – in that entire Cubs lineup, I believe, at this point. So I want to see him get as many at-bats as possible, and I like Wilson Contreras hitting second. I like that.
4: I'd I, I put Wilson there, too. I actually have a Sia Suzuki batting second, actually. Okay. That's why I've gotten the 2 old just because he, uh, and, you know, I, I don't know how his bat's going to necessarily translate, but he's a high-contact bat. Sees a lot of pitches at the top of that lineup and he had like an on-base percentage of like nine or like three ninety or something like that at one point in Japan. Like obviously he's not gonna be that high here in, in the MLB, but he'll take his walks and he'll see pitches and that's exactly what you want at the top of your lineup. Okay. All right, fair enough.
0: Um I am I'm gonna, I, I don't want him there yet just because I just think that there is going to be that adjustment period, so I don't want him, like, featured right away yet. And who knows? We'll see sure. what, say, it turns into, I, so I'm not comfortable I, yet.
4: I totally get that. I think I, I'm putting him there because, like, if you, if this season is anything, it's to figure out who the heck you've got in your team. I want him to start seeing tough pitches right away. Um, that's the way I look at it. If you want to win, maybe put someone else there, but that's the way I'd see it.
0: Okay, okay, no, that's cool. Um, so we're through a couple of guys, and you know, there's going to be differences along the way. Um, let's so see. You have you get the first crack at the number three hitter. Who you like in the three hole? So I I would put Contreras there. So okay. I've got him okay. batting
4: third, you know, playing catcher, all that. So
0: okay, all right, all right, cool. Um, now I got to come up with the number three hitter. Who do I want? Oh dear! Oh dear! Oh dear! I think I will go with. I guess I've backed myself into the corner of a. Yep, Frank Schwindel is my number three hitter. That's good. I mean, like yeah. I, it, for a guy high high on
4: or high batting average, decent contact. Who knows how, what's going to happen there, but I mean, good good player at least. Hopefully, okay. we build on it.
0: Yeah. So Frankie Schwindel, I'll take the cleanup hitter. And um, for the cleanup hitter this year, I am going to go with, at least for the first game, I'm going to say Ian Happ. That's who I've got is the cleanup hitter, too, Ian Happ. Okay.
4: I uh, I like switch hitting hitters uh, in that four spot normally. Do we like him in left field? That's where I'm going to play him. Yeah, yeah I've, I've got him I in like left him. field. I think he's a... He he's played a lot better in left field, and he's got deceptive
0: speed. Like I always forget how quicky and Hap is. Yeah, no, he's one of the faster guys on the team, actually. So let's. Uh, so I got Hap fourth. Who would you like now in your lineup at number five? So remember, got... we need a DH at some point then. Right.
4: Too, yeah. I've got Swindell playing first base, batting fifth after okay. uh, after Hap. Okay.
0: Very good. Um. So my number five guy is gonna. I. You know what? I will go with for the opening day. I'm gonna say wisdom. Number five. Okay. I like and, it. And playing third. And playing third. Um. So that's number five. Um. Number six. Is it your turn to go first? I yeah. Guess. I'll go yeah. first again. Um.
4: I've got. Uh. So I've got Jonathan VR. Uh, playing Good. DH, batting six. I like I like stacking my lineup. I like staggering it a little bit, so the switch hitters are going to break up some of the lefty and righties.
0: Guess what? I'm with you. Yeah, Jonathan I, I VR. Figured you might, I figured VR I, was going to make an appearance in your lineup. <laughs> I love Jonathan VR. I've loved him since his Brewers days. I thought he was going to be like a star. It's not worked out that way, but I do love. It's like he's just that guy that I've got a soft spot for, and I hope great things for him. So, Jonathan VR. Is my number six hitter and the designated hitter. Um, let's see here. What do I still need? Seventh, my seventh hitter, and oh man, seventh hitter and center fielder. I am go- no, 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 seventh hitter. I got to get saya in there. I'm gonna go saya suzuki as the right fielder and my seventh hitter.
4: I like that. Okay, I uh, I've got wisdom as my number seven hitter. Okay,
0: okay, um. And obviously playing third. Who do you like for, who you got for your number eight hitter?
4: So my eight spot's going to be Jason Hayward playing center field. I assume he's yep. going to get the start against Burns. Um, who knows how that center field spot will work out in the future, but I, I assume they'll probably,
0: apparently they're going to make an effort to put Hayward in center. Yep, same. I got Hayward starting in center field. I think that's the sound defensive move. Sure. And you could definitely play with that eventually with Hermosillo out there and you know, Rafael Ortega. Um, but anyway, so that obviously leaves for, for me. I mean, I think you too probably. Both, yeah, we both got uh, yeah, Nico at ninth, right? Yeah, mm-hmm. Nico Horner batting ninth and starting at shortstop. So. A few differences in our lineups. I think it's just a matter of me wanting to protect Seiya Suzuki a little bit in the beginning of the season, so putting him a little bit farther down in the lineup, and then we'll see. You know, if he goes, yeah. if he goes Kosuke, you know, if he hits a three-run homer <laughs> and to to win the game, you know, yeah. Um, yeah. then then what the hell? We'll see. But um, all right, so there is your there is your Cubbies lineup. Um, very good, very good. The um, do we want to do a White Sox one? I was just thinking. I
4: like I was trying to do one in my head. I have no idea who's playing left and right field for the White Sox. Like I know it's gonna probably be like Angle, Pollock, or Aloy, but I don't know who's playing those and who's gonna DH.
0: I bet they'll put Aloy out there on opening day. And I feel like the, that's
4: that's right. Uh, Such an opening day move. Yeah, it's,
0: it it would be. You know, I I just think it'll be a nod to him and like out of respect and then you as the season goes on and who knows i mean maybe you know you try alloy as like for the first several games as you're starting left fielder get a look at see if he's gotten better i know that you're taking a risk feels like every time you put him out there um but yeah alloy i'm going to say alloy in left we'll just do the positions cuz that's well the, obviously some of them are obvious louis roberts center i, I mean well let's see who start? It's um, to righty, right? For the right, uh, yeah, Edward. Oh yeah, Eduardo Gonzalez. So, could they possibly start Sheets? No, they wouldn't
4: do that. Do you think Gavin Sheets? I don't know. I think already? I think Vaughn would probably get the start over him, right? <sighs> oh no, he's a lefty because yeah, but righty. Sheets is the lefty. That's lefty. what I'm saying. Yeah. yeah, that's
0: all. That's all I'm saying. Or do you kind of set the tone with AJ Pollock because he is the best? Ba- I mean, I think it well. Is he the best? I don't know. I mean, I still don't know what so Andrew Vaughn is. Pollock, Pollock's
4: weird because he kind of reverse splits last year. Um, so he actually hit better against righties than he did lefties. But he sees most of his plate appearances against lefties. So his numbers are kind of warped. Um, he's, a, he's a weird guy. Um, but <laughs> uh, I would think he'll probably be primarily against left handers. And if he's, if he's hitting well, he'll eventually be that starting right fielder, be my guess. Yeah,
0: right. And then it's pretty well obvious the rest of you know, Grandal. I'm looking forward to Grandal. Hopefully, he stays healthy this year. Yeah, it's so good. Like it's such a weird start to last year where he was walking so much. Remember, like everyone's yeah, annoyed that right. he wasn't swinging. He wasn't Remember, home runs. Yeah, right. Swing the bat. No, it's, he's he's taking his. You know, he's accepting his walks. It's-
4: I like Yasmani Grandal. I think anytime you can have a switch hitting catcher that actually does something, <laughs> like you know, Victor Carantini was awesome. I liked having him as a backup, who's now a Brewer. The Cubs are going to face him today. Um I it is so cool to see a guy like Yasmani who's who's a real professional hitter and also a very solid catcher behind the plate.
0: So dangerous. He's so dangerous as a hitter. Like he there's a fear factor with him that is right up there with I think with Luis Robert and yeah. Eloy Jimenez and some of these other hammers. It's crazy the deal the Sox got him on. What do you mean?
4: Oh, I think he's under. I think he's getting underpaid. Oh, okay. He's getting something like eighty-four million, I think, or something over. Yeah, four and years. I said
0: that. I, I kind of responded like that because it was one of the biggest White Sox contracts in history at the time, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah I think. Like in, in think some it, breakdown, of it's it. like I think he is the
4: most expensive White Sox right now.
0: Right, right. So that's why I was like, wow, they got a bargain, and it's one. I guess that tells you about the White Sox spending. Um, but obviously, a Brayu, at first. Josh Harrison I imagine will start at second base, right? So I would expect yeah. Yeah. I mean, why have him if you're not going to start him? Uh Tim Anderson you on Moncada. And um who do, who do we D, who's DH in for the Sox?
4: So that's why I was I was trying to put this lineup together and I was like, man, if it's not a lawyer DH, like do you go <laughs> Adam Engel? Like I don't Lori <laughs> Garcia gets that spot DH start. Is your main Mercedes around?
0: Oh no, he's hurt.
4: He's yeah, um, he's hurt. He's on technically the active roster.
0: Um, how about Vaughn? How about Vaughn? I, I I say you start either AJ Pollock or Gavin Sheets in right Maybe Sheets just because he's lefty um against the the righty Rodriguez. And then yeah. how about Andrew Vaughn? I, I like Andrew Vaughn as, as your opening day DH. How about that?
4: Okay. I mean I I I get behind it. I mean the, the Sox like they do have some versatility. Like it's uh they have got decent options. It's just uh, you know, if you're gonna try and play like the the splits or the advantages lefty righty, like it's tough to do that with the Sox lineup. Yeah.
0: Yeah. No, it's true. But the Sox, they got a little bit of time to think about it still. because they open up tomorrow. Um 12 ten at Detroit. Lucas Giolito against Eduardo Rodriguez and then Dylan Cease and Michael Kopeck. And that Kopech day is going to be something. That is, that is the day that I am looking forward to, man, because it's going to mean a lot. And the one start is not going to be necessarily symbolic of the whole season, but it's so important that you have something in Michael Kopech because that that would be your, you know, I always talk about making up the what Carlos Rodon did last year. It's so important that somebody, whether it's Kopech, or Cease, or Keichel, that somebody not just steps up, but is really good, that's really good, not just, you know, innings eater, somebody who is a badass on the mound the way Carlos Rodon was, for most of last year. So, that's already the game that I'm most excited about as far as the White Sox are concerned. Michael Kopeck day. 312-644-6767 is the number. I'm Mark Grody. This is Chicago Sports Radio 670 The Score.
3: This is Sports Radio 670 The Score, Chicago's sports station. Quick note on Korea.
0: i heard this from a couple people, one of them being really reliable. Korea and the Cubs, there was a there was not just a little smoke there. There was a there was a huge offer thrown Carlos Correa's way in Chicago, but because of some representation issues, let's say with Correa and his camp, uh, that deal never came to pass. So that is why with those opt-outs, if I'm a Cub fan, I'm keeping an eye on the Minnesota Twins this year because if they struggle and Correa has a good year, let's put that one first. If Correa has a great year, you know he's opting out again, whether or not the Twins are good or not. I think that's something that will be revisited uh, on the north side of Chicago. It's Carlos Correa. That is very interesting. That's that's Steven Nelson from the MLB Network on the Lawrence Holmes show yesterday. How about that? The Cubs and White Sox fans both unite in anti-Minnesota Twins sentiment this year because the White Sox would, you know, that's always been there, at least in the last decade or so. It's the damn Twins. With the White Sox, and now that that makes all the sense in the world. And the reported offer for the Cubs to Carlos Correa—that's what he was talking about, Steve Nelson. The the reported offer, seven years, two hundred and ten mildo, was the reported offer from the Cubs. Not shit, not too shabby. So it—I mean—it makes a lot of sense for Carlos Correa that he would do what he is doing because now, if If that is not a suitable landing spot for him, if he is not comfortable in Minnesota, if the team blows, if things just aren't working out for him there, he can opt out, and he'll be the only one. Like, there's not the slew of shortstops as there were this past year with, you know, Lindor and Javier Baez and just all named the shortstop. Now he'll have it all to himself if he wants. Or life is good in Minnesota, but that would require. What is it that you require? that would require that Minnesota is good, probably. Unless he just lo- ends up loving Minneapolis and loves the fan base and all that. Um and then the that maybe he says I mean that's a pretty that's a pretty nice offer the the Cubs put his way. I mean honest to God, like the seven, you know, we could talk about some of the offers that the Cubs reportedly made to you know Rizzo and Bryant and all those guys, but seven years, two hundred and ten million That's about right, I would say. And maybe they up that a little bit for Correa. But that is fascinating. All eyes in Chicago on Minnesota and the hope that they stink. (laughs) So it could benefit. Hey, and it's not just the Cubs. I'm sure that there are other teams that have made a seven-year, $210 million offer to the mighty Carlos Correa. But we shall see. It's interesting, too, how the – you know, the – The hated Houston Astros, as they continue to, you know, break up that team a little bit and they become dispersed to other teams, it's like they're getting their names back. Like, all of a sudden, everybody's like, oh, yeah, I'm cool with Carlos Correa. That's all right. Don't worry about the whole garbage thing. Hey, everybody was doing it. Come on. You guys just did it better. Now it's cool. Now we're good. Like, this is probably the best way for the, Astros, the those Astros. Just go endear yourself to other cities, and you're probably still going to get boo- booed, but at least there's a, some forgiveness from at least one city. So Carlos Correa, Minnesota's going to love you, and you will be forgiven. The only guy that's probably never going to get out of Houston is Jose Altuve, just because he's probably going to be an Astros for life, just because he's so popular there, and he may not want to get out of there. But it is interesting, the, the human nature that exists. Oh, come to my team, and we're all good. three one two six forty four sixty seven sixty seven is the number here. i got some LeBron James stuff coming up here in a second and a, a guy that he wants to play with, and uh, it is fascinating. But in the meantime, let's go back to the phones. It's our guy Adam in Lake Villa.
3: What's up, Adam? Hey, good morning, Mark. Mark, what a great sports day. Um, Masters getting uh, teeing off in a couple hours around 8 a.m., and then Tiger teeing off, I think you said, around 10 a.m. Nine, uh, uh,
0: yeah, sorry, I screwed that up. It's 9, 9.30-something nine or other.
3: 9.30, okay. Uh, man, can't wait to uh, see Tiger back uh, you know, back at it, back in action. I'll uh, definitely be, uh, be cheering for him. Uh, and then uh, Zach Saban, I think he said the pregame with Zach at 12.45. I'll be listening Damn, to him right. for Oh, I can't wait to hear Zach and um Pat Hughes and Ron Coomer and uh, uh question for you, uh Mark, was it uh the Cubs playing the Brewers when Pat Hughes and uh uh Ron Sano, legendary broadcaster Ron Sano made that call where Pat goes and he drops the ball and Sano goes, No, no, yeah. no, that was against, was that against the, Brewers the Brewers
0: and the Yeah, it was against the Brewers. I think it was wasn't that the last game of the regular season, I think it was. And it was like it to, might have been. Yeah, it was, or was it a playing game? God, I should remember that. But boy, yeah, that was definitely boy. against the Brewers. Definitely against the boy, Brewers. Yeah, the emotion,
3: the emotion in uh, Ron Santo's voice was just unbelievable. Oh uh, no, he dropped <laughs> the
0: ball. No, it's it's classic. It's 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 like down in the you know broadcast lore of Chicago, and I don't I, probably nationally too. I'm sure they've other other radio stations have probably had fun with old Ronnie's call.
3: Oh yeah, that was a legendary call. Uh, opening day always brings back great memories. Of, you know, when I was younger, I remember legendary Cubs like Jose Cardenal and uh, Ray Burris. Um, Do, you just, uh, Do you remember Tuffy oh, Rhodes? You remember Tuffy Rhodes? Was Tuffy Rhodes? Yes, was he the one who hit the homers on opening day?
0: Yeah, yeah three yeah. of
3: them. Was it three or three four on I mean, opening he, day? Yeah,
0: yeah uh, it was unbelievable. Like, and then that was about it for Tuffy Rhodes. <laughs> it was right,
3: about right. It. Yeah. Yeah, that was the peak. Uh, that was the summit of his uh, career there. Uh, well, one thing too, Mark, I know you won't be on tonight, but uh, a little touch on the White Sox. I just had a um, a bad dream about uh, how the White Sox opener is going to end. Oh no! Um, yeah, uh, you know how. Um, well, you know how Javier Baez always has a flair for the dramatic, and a lot of times with him, it's strikeout or home. You know, strikeout or nothing. Uh, I mean, homer or nothing. I just had a, a dream that, uh, that tomorrow the Tigers. I mean, the Sox are going to be leading the Tigers five to four in the bottom of the ninth, and um, uh, you know, Baez is going to hit. Oh, he's 0 for three so far in the day. He strikes out three times, but he comes up with a man on first, and, and he cranks one off Liam Hendricks to send oh the Tigers. Yeah, because you you know Baez, he always has that. Uh, seems like he had that uh, all or nothing approach at the plate. Totally, to the
0: totally. Yeah, he's he's the classic strike out three times and then hit the game winning home run
3: right right, so it'll be uh it's gonna be interesting seeing Baez in a tiger uniform. I think he's really uh gonna uh you know try really hard against the white sox to show him up a little so uh yeah, so, yeah
0: well, just because he's going up against the chicago team you mean? Because he yeah, just because he's going
3: team. up against the chicago team you know just, yeah. uh and uh it's and it's gonna it be really interesting too if uh I don't know if the Cubs play Detroit this year. Yeah, I just wanted that myself.
0: If, I haven't looked at the look that far ahead. I don't know if the so- if the Cubs. I don't even know where their interleague opponents are. Quite frankly,
3: yeah, yeah, I don't either. But man, uh, like I said, Mark, uh, I'll, be, I'll be listening to the score. Uh, you know, I, I have, can't wait to hear uh, Zach, Pat, and Ron twelve forty five pregame. I'll be listening to the score all day. And, uh, and you know, happy opening day to all the score listeners out there. Thanks, Mark.
0: Adam. You're the man. I appreciate you so much. Thanks for the call. 312 644 67 As a matter of fact, coming up in just a little bit, about five minutes, uh, a little bit more than that maybe even, we're going to talk to uh, Mitch Rosen, who is the program director of the score, and w- he will tell everybody what he has in store for today on the score leading up to the game, the festivities that will occur and just Cubs baseball in general. So Mitch will fill in some of the blanks for us in just a little bit live here on 670, the score. The LeBron James thing, here's a quote from LeBron James. Ready? Quote, in today's game, bleep, it rhymes with it, bleep, there's some mother bleepers in today's game, like good, like good players. But, he says, says LeBron James, Steph Curry He's the one that I want to play with for sure in today's game. I love everything about that guy. Lethal. When he gets out of his car, you better guard him right from the moment he pulls up to the arena. <laughs> he's double teamed in the arena. He's being trapped. You might want to guard him when he gets out, out of bed. Swear to God, he's serious. That is... That is LeBron James putting it out there, ladies and gentlemen, because, I mean, and this all makes sense. Like, think about it. The Lakers didn't even make the play-in tournament this year. LeBron James, as great as he still is, he is running out of time. And that dude's going to go bleeps to the wall in this offseason trying to either create, like, another super team, whether it's he stays in L.A. or goes someplace else, but he's already planting his seed for Steph Curry. And then he also says, by the way, James also says um, that Scotty Pippen, Kobe Bryant, and Penny Hardaway, those are players that he would have liked to join forces with, uh, which I think is really interesting, that he, he loves Scotty Pippen. Love Scottie Pippen. Those two would play really well together, really well, because they're both co- like they know how to. They're they could they're both very much triple double types of guys and guys that really just have high IQs. So I would have liked to have seen a LeBron Pippen thing. So kind of interesting, right there. Um, all right, I got to take a break. I think I heard Mitch yelling in the background. So the, when the boss is coming on, I need to break on time. And then we'll talk to Mitchie Mitch, Mitch Rosen, about Cubs baseball 2022 and what's in store next on Chicago Sports Radio 670, The Score.
3: This is Sports Radio 670, The Score, Chicago's sports station. There's a high, deep drive to center field. Rodriguez
1: back. He's at the warning track. He leaps. Say ya, see ya, so long. And his first ever Cubs hit ends up on the berm.
0: Yo, welcome back in. Score overnight. Chicago Sports Radio, 670 The Score. I'm Mark Grody, here until 5 o'clock. Then it's the Mullion Haw Show from 5 a.m. to 9 a.m. It's going to be a festive day here on The Score. It's opening day. It's Cubs opening day. Cubs and Brewers from Wrigley Field, 120 here on 670. The Score is when Kyle Hendricks will throw the first pitch. Corbin Burns on it for the Brewers. And the boss of the score is on the phone right now. And Mitch Rosen has put together an extravaganza. And I know he's been running around like crazy trying to put this whole thing together. Mitch, what's cooking, man?
2: Good morning, Mark. Hey, Dave. How are you guys?
0: (laughs) Dave's like, what's up, Mitchie Mitch?
2: Marky Mark, big day for the score. Hope you're good this morning. It really kicks off uh, after you at five. Haw have four great tickets to give away for Mm. today's home opener. The good news is we know it's going to be a little chilly. There's probably going to be a little bit of rain after two o'clock, but everything looks like it's all systems go. We've talked to the scorecaster you know the guy who does our <clears throat> excuse me our weather everything looks good there so things kick off with Mully and haw throughout the morning great guests and giving away four tickets Then at 9 a.m it's a layla thursday which was a layla wednesday yesterday dan and layla mm-hmm. live from gallagher way weather permitting and if for some reason if rain hits we'll be at the Budweiser Brickhouse Tavern right there on campus at Wrigley. Nice. They'll have Jed Hoyer on at 9 and a lot of surprise guests along the way. Then Lawrence Holmes takes over at noon. Zach Zaidman's pregame until one twenty, And then it's first pitch with uh, Pat and Ron and Zach. And yesterday we had a great production meeting with uh, Ron and Pat and Zach. And we're ready to go, bud. So excited for opening day, as a lot of baseball purists call it. It is New Year, Baseball New Year, so excited to go for today.
0: That's fantastic. Now, what I really want to know, and Sean and I were talking about this earlier on the score, and that is Mm -hmm. how many text messages and to how many people will you be sending, and has it started in regards to the weather out at Wrigley Field? Will everybody's phone be Uh hit up by Mitch Rosen for weather reports?
2: Uh, They did start about 4 o'clock yesterday afternoon. (laughs) Um, I will do my first weather check with our engineering department, Rich Wyatt, Uh promotions department, Ryan Williams. We have a 6.45 a.m. check-in, and we'll make a determination at that time, Mark, and for our audience, whether we'll be outside at Mm -hmm. Gallagher Way or if we'll move inside at the Budweiser Brickhouse Tavern. So answer your question at 0645 hours will be the first uh, text <laughs> to train on the weather.
0: Oh, that is perfect. How relieved were you, Mitch Rosen, as as the curator of Cubs baseball and boss of it here on the score? How relieved were you when the lockout ended and we found out that we were going to have 162 games on the schedule of this year?
2: Uh, very relieved uh, to take you back to that afternoon. You remember it was touch and go in the last minute, the international rule kind of threw everybody off and you're thinking, yep. oh man, this is going to delay things even more, <laughs>
0: yeah. but
2: uh, it was great. It was great. And then the spring training schedule, you know, there was one and then major league baseball readjusted that a lot of moving parts, but so many people, you know, got involved in a great way. And um, we're ready to go. We're excited. You know, Lynn Bramer, the voice of XRT is a voice on our production. Like when you hear Cubs baseball is on the air and all the sponsors Lynn is the voice of that, so we're excited that Lynn is back this year. And, you know, Coombe has a manager show with David Ross. And, listen, it's uh, we're fortunate and privileged to have the Cubs on the scores. You know, we're in our 30th year, our anniversary year of 30 years, and a lot of people have listened along the way. We have a lot of great, you know, new listeners that listen, you know, every year and, and join us. But this was a station when we launched in 1992 – which was a day timer. And what does that mean in in layman's terms? That when the sun went down, the station went off, and uh, nobody would have dreamt, I'm sure, when they launched the score that this station, this brand, would be the home for Cubs baseball. So we couldn't be more proud and fortunate uh, to air the Cubs on the
0: score. Yeah, man. I mean, I think that the, the Cubs, it's, it is symbolic of how big uh, the, the 670, the score has gotten. I mean, the White Sox, they were the nice little tune up here and same with the Bulls. But the, the Cubs, that's a that's a huge, big deal. A, a texter um, at, is asking you, Mitch Rosen. Um, Mark, mm-hmm. can you ask Mitch Rosen if legendary Chicago broadcaster Eddie Schwartz was a Cubs or White Sox fan?
2: Interesting question. Very, uh, very good question. I worked with Eddie uh, at the start of my career in the late 80s, 88 and 89. Um, He was more of a White Sox fan because he grew up on the south side, but he ended up living on the north side for so many years. So I would say the truth is he was more of a White Sox fan, um, but followed the Cubs because of the traffic in his neighborhood um, so, uh, to the, the bottom line, Eddie, uh, was a White Sox fan.
0: The seven, seven, three texter are pictures with Dan, Layla, Zach Zaidman, and Lawrence permitted. Patrick from Gage Park would like to know, Mitch.
2: Yes, we will have security on site. Um, mm-hmm. uh, but yes, pictures are permitted during breaks and yes, uh, n- no problem there
0: okay good good any other and questions mark uh, yeah yes. my my question i'm keeping an eye on the text line if you have questions for the boss yes. of the score mitch rosen three one two six forty four sixty seven sixty seven. it's ask mitch is happening right now oh, on God. the score yeah. i will say that yeah you you know there'll be questions man um no yeah, i was gonna go. say i know i know i was we were by the way we were reminiscing yeah. earlier i was sharing with sean my experiences uh-huh. with you in 2016 when – and I was kind of uh-huh. giving him your resume about how you got to where you are. You cut your your chops uh-huh. doing producer work and how, like, right. I got to see that – in action in 2016 when you were helping you were like the primary on-site producer for the pregame shows those two-hour pregame shows that we were doing in the nlcs and in the world series home and away and how fun that was with you and i putting those things together and and trying to put together two-hour pregame shows
2: oh i'll never forget those those were special times and planning those out and just being with you on the road and you know, with Pat and Ron, and that was history, right? And yeah, not man. just you know, not just the game itself in Cleveland, but leading up to the game, like you said, and planning out those pregame shows and everything involved, and then the game itself. And I'll I'll never forget. Real quick to the audience. We had a pre-production meeting before game seven. I'm going to say it was around 11 a.m. or noon Eastern time in Cleveland, and it was everybody. And we had people on the phone in Chicago. Obviously, we were live in Cleveland. And I'll never forget Len Casper was part of our broadcast team because there was no local television. You know, they don't allow local television once you get to the playoffs. And at the very end, uh, Len said – you know, I think maybe I'll get an umbrella. It's supposed to, you know, rain a little bit tonight. And we uh-huh. all kind of looked at each other. Really? I don't know. Nobody said really rain.
4: Right, and Dave right.
2: Misca was our engineer on site. <laughs>
4: uh-huh. And
2: uh, Dave said, you know, I've got to go to Walgreens or CVS. I'll go grab an umbrella. Well, Len uh, did our on-field interviews, you know, right after the game. Len had that umbrella, and we all know about the rain delay and the rain, but it's pretty ironic that at the end of that production meeting, I don't know if you remember that, but Len said, I'll get an umbrella. I think it might rain tonight, and look what happened.
0: <laughs> oh, that was I remember that very well. And Misko, of course, oh, yeah, 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 I'll yeah, take care of that. Um, a couple other questions yeah. for you, Mitch. We're, we're, we're up against it, sure. but i got a couple more for you. From the yeah. 847, uh, we need to know Mitch's take on the Will Smith-Chris Rock slap.
2: Um, at first I thought it was staged, but obviously mm-hmm. it's real. Um, I don't know. I mean, I feel bad for Chris Rock. I also feel bad for Will Smith. I think something is definitely wrong, you know, that he has some issues that I think he should address. So, um, okay. I felt bad for both of them.
0: Okay. You played that very well, Mitch. Very well. Thank you. Um, right from the seven, seven, three, are pictures with Mitch permitted? Will you allow for pictures? Uh,
2: not not today, Mark. Um, okay. I, uh, no, of course. <laughs> um, hey, man, you're looking wanna, good. You're looking yeah. good. So, you know. Thank you. Yeah. I want to, uh, you know, just say I stay in touch with uh, the famous Kathy, you know, Les's longtime girlfriend. Oh, yeah, girl yeah. Friend. And Scott Grobstein, Les' son, and uh, you have done a tremendous job, you know, filling in for Les. I still say that. Nobody can ever, you know, take over for Les. Of course. The audience, I think, we're very transparent. You can't do every night. You do have a life, and you cover the Bears, but you're doing a tremendous job, and I can speak for the audience Well appreciated. I get a lot of feedback from our score listeners and just hearing your voice, people appreciate that. And they also know that, again, you can't do every night, every week, but we do as many nights as we can live. And when we don't, we bring back – Great content and great, um, you know, interviews and segments from earlier in the day. So
0: thank you for everything that you're doing. Thank and you, Dave. Mitch. Uh, yeah, yeah. Dave the Cat has done has been a tremendous companion in the score overnights. And yeah, no, look, I'm I'm having a blast doing it. Like it's tough around until the show starts, but once the show starts, I'm really getting to know the Grabber audience. And it's fun, mm-hmm. and I'm glad that in some way, shape, or form we can do our best to honor Grober and keep score overnight going because it's a great tradition here on the station. Mitch, I'm not going to hit you up with any more of these questions because a lot of them are pretty tough. Uh, but but you're going to have when you get into the station, or if you have time today, you're going to need to just get in there and look at the text messages and answer every one of them. Okay?
2: I will every one of them. And finally. Congratulations yes. again. I know we did it when it was announced, but you are going into the Illinois State University Broadcast Hall of Fame this weekend and, yes. and congratulations on behalf of our audience and all your teammates and everybody uh, you know, that you've worked with. Well deserved your a great broadcaster, but a much better person. So congrats, Mark, on everything.
0: Thank you, Mitch. That that means a lot. Yep, that's going on uh, Saturday at ISU, and I will report back all the entertainment that happens when I return to score overnight next week. Mitchie, Mitch, I know you like to get to the Mullion and Haw show on time, so I'll let you go.
2: Yep, and I am at the Starbucks at 103rd and Western. Nancy is the barista.
0: Oh. And uh,
2: if you go into this Starbucks in the morning, just tell Nancy you're a big scorehead.
0: Oh, that's all. Did you wait outside 103rd and
2: Longwood. 103rd okay. and Longwood, not Western. Did, sorry. Did you
0: wait outside of the Starbucks for them to open like you do every day today? Did that happen again And your eight shots of espresso? I, I'm sitting
2: outside. I'm sitting outside. She will open in two minutes, and I'll get my six <laughs> shots of espresso over ice and a medium plastic cup. But I am sitting outside 103rd uh. and Longwood in the Beverly neighborhood. So if you, you drive are, by, feel
0: free to honk. They should just bring you the coffee out there like you're, like you're a dog no. outside of Starbucks and just no. bring it to you. Here you go, no. Mitch. Go on. Go on.
2: Go on. No. Get your coffee. Go on. No. Yeah, Hit All the right, break Mitch. on time. All day Cubs yeah. programming. Jed Hoyer at 9. Moeing oh. Haw. Free tickets to the opener today. Have a great show. Have a great sleep, Mark.
0: Bye, Mitch. That's Mitch Rosen, the program director of The Score. Full day of Cubsness is coming up and it continues on the Mully and haw show next mullion Haw five to nine they will have the five at five at 520 they're pick six in at 620 bruce levine at 722 talking baseball tommy out the cubs pitching coach will be on at 742 mayor Lori lightfoot is on at eight o'clock and 842 nick costo so jam-packed entertainment for you for the next four hours on the Mullion Haw Show on The Score. Thanks to Sean Sears for producing the show. Thanks to all the great calls and all the great text messages. I will definitely talk to you guys next week on Score Overnight on Chicago Sports Radio 670 The Score. Have a great day. Have a great weekend. Bye.